I saw John Glenn fly into space, into space, into space. I've flown in space. I'm a NASA astronaut. I'm in space station. Like coffee. I came back to Earth. Hello and good evening. My name is Josh, and I'm joined this week, as always, by Just Bob, and by special guest, the Duke of Ice, with folks who are going to be fine with the madness reason, and the reason will make sense out of nonsense, because this is okay, hear me out. Bob and Duke, how y'all doing this evening? Fantastic. How are you, Duke? I'm doing all right. I have absolutely no problems whatsoever with... Bob and Duke sounding very similar to most notorious gay icon of the late 2010s, the Duke. <laughs> well, thank thank God I enunciated very clearly Bob and Duke. So oh, yeah. Could Nobody... Possibly make that mistake. Are no, you taking but... our listeners as, like, uh, you know, bad listeners? No, absolutely. I think our listeners are very astute to know that the show has always been Bob and Josh and special guest Duke every single week. It's never been anything other than that the entire time. And they would notice if it ever changed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure and, that and if, if they notice, if, how should they let us know? Yeah, if our listeners notice anything of the sort, they can call us at 1-833-666-911. Again, that's 1-833-666-0911. But I doubt they would, they would you know find anything that that's just that's just absurd yeah anyway of course nothing's changed in the show especially not the phone number that's the same phone number you've been saying this whole time bob yeah sure um <laughs> josh are you ready for the show <laughs> do, I, do i not sound right <laughs> you started already <laughs> okay we're gonna kick it off with a new segment from our long-standing co-host the duke of ice We have a breaking news update from Antarctica Special Stories by the Duke of Ice. Please enjoy the ass update. All right. So this this week I come at you with two articles that are morally related, in my opinion. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> well, well, we'll get there when we get there. But the important okay. thing is we did, have did to... Did you mean to say more or less? No. I would never morally. Misspeak. I would never misspeak on an issue as important as this. This is a dire situation that we're trying to make better. As we all know, Kiev is going <laughs> under some very stressful times in the last year or so with very Russia-related problems. And that is why the Baalbek Bureau converts disused fuel tank into nostalgic installation in the South Pole. So a Kiev-based Baalbek Bureau recently completed an art installation dubbed Home.Memories for the Vernadsky Research Base in Antarctica. So if you haven't looked at the show notes, which I don't blame you, um, because it's you got to click a whole link and it's difficult to get there. I, you know, even when I listen back to the show, I'm like, oh, yeah, there are show notes. I forgot about that. But let me describe to you what you're looking at here is basically like a shipping container with the frame of a house on the outside of it. Is that an accurate? No, no, when you, uh, Duke, when you say frame, uh, that's being a little bit generous with the amount of structure that's included here. How, how, how would you describe <laughs> this? Or, uh, okay. There's, there's more structure in what was like those, um, what, what are those, uh, like the, the things that they build for like, uh, concerts? Has like the, the the sound structures oh. that they build to hold speakers. Yeah, and yeah, lights just like and... sta- staging. Um, yeah, staging you know, pillars. That, that stuff. Yeah, yes. That that supports that supports weight. This is that's, a wireframe. It's like made out of coat yeah. hangers. Yeah, that that level of wireframe. The, the concert framing is like ninety percent more material than what we're looking at. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like you could probably easily count like how many bars are in this structure. Like it's it's not a. I would guess here that there's probably 50 bars total, like just being used in this picture alone. And that would not be, 
That would not be lowballing it at all. It is incredibly, incredibly bare bones. And if you were to see it in the distance, you would probably think it'd be like five. It's so small. But the reliability of the structure is irrelevant because it's intended as a visual treat for the station staff and tourists, which we'll get to that later because, you know, I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) (laughs) It had to be easily assembled, resistant to severe weather conditions, because as we all know, the average wind speed in Antarctica is 60 to 90 miles per hour and... In my opinion, this debunks one or the other. Either this is the most <laughs> fucking powerful like bars you've ever seen in your life, or the average wind speed of 60 to 90 miles per hour is retarded. You need to pick well, one well, of Duke, those. Well, well, Duke, Duke, um, if people haven't clicked on the show notes and aren't looking at the pictures, this is located on the coast uh, where wind speeds, you know, like that next to an ocean where wind speeds are notoriously significantly less than anywhere else. Score one for science. Score score one for Josh's sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) Science, science, science. (laughs) But not just wind, it needs to be safe for more than 3,500 penguins living on the island. So that means none of these penguins can get, like, caught up in the bars like a choking hazard. And that's about it. It just needs to make sure that it doesn't fuck with the island but this is horrendously ugly it if you were to look at this the first thought that comes to mind isn't can you believe that putin is the hitler sequel of our generation this is really a shocking and brave moment for all of us wayward antarctica travelers heading to this island you would just think this is an incomplete structure there's nothing definitively ukrainian about this whatsoever well it's supposed to look like uh, a traditional ukrainian house that's what it says but i mean it has a roof it has like you can see the walls and there's some windows on it i don't think they put like a door a fake bar door on it but no, i mean it's, like, there's nothing unique about the design it is a rectangular house with uh windows um and a, a chimney and like it, it is the most generic uh, clip art type design you can imagine. Uh, Bob, you can go to the show notes, check it out, and not just imagine it. If you can scroll down, I'll tell you when you hit the photo that I'm thinking of in particular. Go, it's past this photo. That's the first photo. Keep going mm-hmm. further down. That's the one with the penguins. That one right there. Okay, that. When yes. you look at this photo, the third photo in the article, there is no cultural like significance to this photo in any way. The best I could attribute it to is like suburban home. And that would be my first thought. It's not Ukrainian. It's not brave and stunning war memorial for Kiev. This like it's got the fucking the same style roof, the single chimney. There's nothing unique about this at all. The it, well, this, it looks this like organization. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I clicked on their website, and this organization is is uh, also currently, or last year, they're building temporary house uh, housing for uh, displaced Ukrainians. And like the zoomed out picture, it looks like a prison camp. It's cool. Wait, what? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me post a sh- uh, link in, in show clips. Please do, because that's very funny. Okay, uh, am I seeing this incorrectly, or did they put like the eye of Horus above like the window, the fake window fascia? <laughs> Oh yeah, what the fuck? They totally did. Okay, oh, wait, so... oh yeah, I didn't notice of the angles. That that is a yeah. an astute point, Bob. So to Bob's pointing out of noticing, uh, it's not just a bar, a bare bones like house frame. It looks like they took the liberty of doing a little bit of art on the side of it for the window, and I, I mean, it looks just like the Eye of Horus, like above the window frame itself. <laughs> and that this is the only thing in this structure that resembles like a Ukrainian style house though too is the window fascia and like the type of window. They're not real windows, mind you, listener. They are just metal bars fabricated into looking like the outline sketch of a window. Like that's what this is that, that we're looking at. And at the very top of it there's what appears to be the eye of Horus. Um so, I mean, this oh. is the used empty fuel tank. Like, 
they they couldn't get rid of it dispose of it so they like made a um you know made it made a fake art art installation is that is that such a such a crime this okay make no mistake this is the lowest effort art piece you could ever do like truthfully it's just bars just being uh placed up around the structure although there is one side of it that has a bunch of like little graphics on it right um, yeah, what uh, are those all about ukrainian memorabilia or souvenirs from ukraine yeah that's, that's what the that most, is that's the most high effort part of it but it's nothing they did they just took like trinkets and put it on the side of the the fuel unit itself it has nothing to do with the bars they placed around it and if you look at the nighttime photos of it actually the windows kind of look even creepier to be honest I mean, <laughs> those gentlemen look very happy sitting there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's two guys in these orange jumpsuits. They they <laughs> they look like they just did a hard day's work for fucking nothing. <laughs> because as much as I am shitting on this being very low effort, it looks like a pain in the ass to set up. Like if it was just like a couple guys working on it. Right. Yeah. A bunch of long pieces of metal. A lot, a lot of weld points. Yeah, a lot of welding going on. You can tell that these guys are, like, actual welders and they're not, like, the the people who design this art display. I don't I don't see why wouldn't... Okay, instead of cleaning up the area, which they say is, like, an environmental danger, basically, like, constantly. Why, like, they just build some more scrap metal around it. They just leave more shit around it. I don't get it. Just get rid of it. Just haul it back and refuel the tank. Like... <laughs> it's That's a tank the point. it's not it's not a it's not a broken they didn't say anything about it being broken or unusable like why why can't you use it anymore there's more tanks in this picture over to the side that look exactly like the tanks that we're looking at because bob the whole point <laughs> of antarctica is there's nothing consistent about it whatsoever they will in the same breath tell you you can't go there because even you stepping foot in Antarctica could disturb the natural peace that's been undisturbed for millennia. But these fuckers can leave a dis a disused fuel unit just lying around and being like, <laughs> oh, well, there's nothing we can do to save this utopia that we have to make sure no one can visit. Why don't we just build a little tribute to Ukraine? It's insane. You'd have to be a retard to believe both in the same breath. I like this uh, this little uh, note that they put under this picture of this art display. It says, using thin metal frame to evoke the childhood nostalgia of pencil sketching. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> because thin metal frames really bring me back to my childhood. What are these? Remember fucking, when like... you drew stick Well, no, no, figures? because it looks like a pencil sketch. That's what they're saying. It, it's that's, that's the level of... Uh... Of art attack. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought they were talking about the metal frame of the structure itself. Was the oh man? No, they're they're saying that childhood? they're saying that the quality of this art display is on par with the pencil sketch of a child. <laughs> that, that's what they're saying. What I don't get here is who did this and why, because they said they completed the art installation for the Vernadsky Research Base. Why, who, why does a research base, what was it involved? Did like research money go into this? Is like, are, are they just trying to scam us out of more money now? Like, uh, cre created at the request of the National Antarctic Research uh, Center, the project was initiated and supported by the Silpo retail chain. Retail chain? I don't know. It's some website in Cyrillica. It's that they sell stuff, I guess. Yeah, it, it it looks like a you know Tesco or just any sort of little grocery store. So this is like a whatever. This is like a fucking tax loophole for some like Russian target. <laughs> Ukrainian oh yeah, target. Yeah, you don't need to tax us as much because we we did something artistic that was stunning and brave, way south of the 60th parallel that you can't go to. We're just trying to. We can't dispose of all the waste here, so what little we have, we might as well make it a brave memorial for Ukraine. But, they they uh, keep talking about tourists, like the, so. This island is located; it's kind of like right next to the, you know Chile and the South Amer the southern tip of South America. It's on it's on that part of Antarctica. Um, how is this place the a uh, place that people 
kind of go or not non just research scientists go? Well, I I actually don't know. I I would think if um which island did you say it was called? Galandez. If it's on the outer like shores of it, it's probably a spot for them to visit because you're not really allowed to go super deep into the mainland. Generally, they're going to be hitting the islands when they're doing their Antarctic cruises. Um and just like a well, a cursory search of that name pulls up a soccer player, so that can't be correct. Uh, um, d- on the d- immediate d- searching d- of it. Still, we believe that the war will end in our victory and Ukrainians will create new memories from the safe haven of their home and all the way in Antarctica for researchers and tourists alike. Our house will continue to stand strong, a true memento of Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, they're not yeah, doing cru- so Cruises hot. and yachts do stop by this island. Yeah, I zoomed out of Antarctica, and judging by where it is, yeah, that's around the area where they would do it. But I mean, I'm I'm looking at the the Renatsky like based website, and it's cru- cruises and uh, private yachts do come. Okay, but the point isn't can they come; it's should they come to Antarctica? Uh-oh. Because the next article I have here is written by Jen Rose Smith. Is traveling to Antarctica environmentally defensible? Experts are sounding the alarm about travel to the icy continent. So, if it's not already bad enough that you can only visit part of it, that's already starting to be thrown in the question of, is this okay that you can actually go to Antarctica? And there's a lot of different viewpoints, but um, one of them is talking about managing the impacts of Antarctic tourism. Um, And it says it's a complicated matter because no national government controls Antarctica, so governance is guided by the 55-party Antarctic Treaty that became active in 1961. And making rules in Antarctica is like dealing with all the outer... Oh, my fucking God. But please continue reading. It's like dealing with all the outer space junk orbiting Earth. (laughs) <laughs> that's what they're saying is there is there like 51 pieces of outer space junk orbit orbiting the earth i right i, I feel I, like I, if I seem, uh, i'm a little bit lost here i feel like if we only had like 55 pieces of junk floating around in, in the orbit of space it wouldn't be that big of a problem <laughs> dude it's like managing hobbits in the shire is as difficult as dealing with the orc invasion from mordor is basically what this article <laughs> is telling me right here it's so fucking stupid um but it says it's like regulating tourism in barcelona or easter island we have a lot of different entities with geopolitical interests and they're all working together to manage this huge part of the globe that makes it harder for one (laughs) voice to take charge so they're basically saying there's too many hands in the pie and my guess is that they're eventually going to have to push for like a singular entity controlling Antarctica. Cause right now nobody controls it at this point. It's just, we all agree not to go there. And that's clearly not effective enough. So they uh, need, need more efficient governance. Is that, is that where you're, is this just like breaking at? down into like one world government is like, are they going to use Antarctica as like the catalyst to force us into a one world government at this point? We have too many yachts going down to Antarctica. We need to form a coalition. Like, <laughs> dude, can we, can we establish a new capital city of the world on Antarctica and no regular citizens allowed to go there? I mean, you guys joke, but I do legitimately believe that the idea of a one world government, like, Okay, predictive programming has been talked about on this show in the past. Bob, you brought it up with 9-11, right? Where, yeah. Um, I do believe like the idea of like a contentious issue where a lot of hands are in one pot, like Antarctica. It's like, oh, if only there was some sort of solution to get around all these countries having a say in Antarctica. If you, <laughs> if you can relegate it to a microcosm and then, quote, it works or rather they just push the narrative that it works that's good enough for them in my opinion probably yeah i I think at the end of the day they can get away with it yeah um but we'll give uh, them the authority that they want at the end of the day go ahead josh i I think you're deviating quite a bit from this the the point of this article um it's pointing out that 
it, it gets very problematic when you have um, a lot of tourism in uh, protected natural sites. And oh. but like with, with that, the, the wider the wider discussion isn't just Antarctica. It's not. I understand that's your domain, but it's not just Antarctica. Why don't we ban tourism to all the national parks as well? It's not environmentally <laughs> defensible. <laughs> because they haven't come up with a reason as to why those would kill you yet. Because that is one of their talking points they throw with Antarctica is, we're really doing this for your prediction too, because as you know, there are average wind speeds of 60 to 90 miles per hour, and it's just it's just too cold. Oh, you wouldn't want to go there anyways. Okay. Yeah, you would I'm convinced. You wouldn't want to go there anyways, even though... And this number sounds kind of bogus to me. They're saying that over uh, the Austral summer, they're expecting 100,000 tourists to arrive in Antarctica by cruise ship or long-haul flight. And each person that takes one of those cruises, it averages around $10,000. That's a lot of fucking money for a lot of people. That seems... Dude, I want to... Yeah. I want to be the one person on that cruise who who just legitimately wants to tour Antarctica or is like actually enthused about it and didn't understand that everyone else is just like laundering money or funding some uh you know a government <laughs> lobby or something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh well they're, they're talking uh, Antarctica tourism is essentially market driven and they they passed a non-binding resolution that banned all permanent structures on on the land that are non-government uh, entities, basically. So they're saying, oh, if you don't have like a pass from a government, you definitely can't build anything here. It's like, who the fuck is stopping oh me? My like, God. <laughs> so, so yeah, is this Ukrainian monument technically an embassy. It's... They have like a homeowners <laughs> association at, in Antarctica already. Like, what the fuck? There's <laughs> they already okay. They already have one world government there. Perfect. That's to yeah. their benefit though, because if they only have government buildings there. They can have an excuse to have military guarding all those government buildings. So anything that is there is guarded by the military, no matter what. Like any research station, any oil unit, that's all, quote, government owned. Even if it's like scientists out there doing stupid TikTok videos, which I've been meaning to bring that bitch in the show for a long time now. This chick that <laughs> posts from Antarctica. But no matter... No matter what the case, it's all government owned and it's all like very not allowed for you to trespass or go anywhere near any of that whatsoever. How, how do we how do we find an interview uh, a soldier who's done defense detail in Antarctica? Oh, you want to interview a guy that used or, to work security, in Antarctica? Yeah, he's done security. Yeah. Oh, no, like a specifically soldier who's done security there. Look, I tried <laughs> to do that, but everyone hated it. <laughs> Something about a guy that was way too drunk and couldn't remember anything about his time in Antarctica. <laughs> was that what that was? That's definitely how that went. <laughs> was that what that was? Look, I'm just saying I tried to contribute and everybody pooed it. So, fuck that documentary. <laughs> Dude, that was not gonna lie. I mean, even though Brzezinski was depressing. It was entertaining, but not as entertaining as the snowman. There's something special about all of us gathering around, wondering how long 70 minutes truly is, is the most miserable <laughs> documentary we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm pretty never... sure I fell asleep twice. <laughs> My blood was boiling so much I couldn't fall asleep. I didn't fall asleep for like two days after that. It's like, just take the guy to a mental hospital. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm so glad I took notes throughout that fucking documentary because it was such a fever dream of just like meandering points throughout. But um but yeah, that's the main takeaway from this article is that they're wondering if it's actually okay to go to Antarctica and they bring up several different facts here which, you know, draw your own conclusions. Um, I like how they wrap it up, though. They 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 state there's something appalling about last chance tourism, a carbon intensive rush led by elite citizens of rich countries, already the world's top per capita emitters, who wish to see the places most vulnerable to climate change. Like Jesus, oh fucking Christ! Stop sniffing your own farts already. 
And what's funny is this article could be written in good faith by like a retard, which I do believe that is the case because they say things like that. But it is it is to those elites benefits that you're babbling on about how we need more restrictions because that's all they ever want. Because the restrictions separate you from them. They can always go around them anytime they want i mean they're they're fucking pedophile vampires like they do whatever they want you think saying you can't go to antarctica will make them stop it like it's it's they're still gonna go no matter how many save the penguin acts you pass they'll show up there and they'll give their gross sacrifices to azazel and put makeup on their face every single time man we haven't had a bill gates episode in a long time (laughs) way to way to bring it home (laughs) So yeah, that's uh, the special stories from Antarctica. The ass update. Beautiful ass update. What's the follow-up, Josh? Do you have a jingle for your Speaking, presentation today? Oh, like no, no. like the Duke did. Okay. Wow. Just wondering. Wow, way to shame me. Okay. Um, my, I was gonna have just a nice, nice. Uh, old-fashioned, uh, traditional, uh, you know, verbal segue into my bit. Uh, Perfect. Speaking of Brzezinski, <laughs> humanity peaked in the '90s, according to ChatGPT. That's 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 what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna be talking about. So, uh, wait, hold on. Let's clarify a couple of things. Yes. Humanity, what, yes. like culturally, um, technologically. Like or just like uh, well, overall. What I'm looking at specifically today is in the field of medicine. Uh, peaked in the nineties. Okay. Oh God. All right. Tell me how the fucking disease-ridden homosexuals dying of AIDS in the nineties was truly the peak of medicine. <laughs> well, I there there's been some some interesting stuff coming out in the last uh, year or so where um a, a lot of uh something I th- a year or two ago was that. A lot of, uh, by a lot, I mean the, the majority, the vast majority of cancer research in the last 10 to 15 years um, ended up either not amounting to anything or being bad studies or not being uh, reproducible studies. Um, so so that, you know, that got me thinking. And then I believe, I believe it was Duke, actually, uh, you who shared a, a week or two ago um, a, a similar piece uh, about um, Alzheimer's uh, research, whereas uh, uh, fraudulent bads, a bunch of money going to nothing, so, something, something about Alzheimer's research going nowhere despite a lot of money. Was, was that a, is that a good summary of what that point was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of these, um, it's pretty common for groups to start on diseases that really there's not really much you can do for them, like fucking. As a blanket term, like dying syndrome, like death. It's like, oh, we're the we're the foundation to get death. Help fund us, and maybe we'll conquer death one day. Maybe we'll develop CRISPR enough where we can create genes where this isn't a problem. Like shit, like fighting Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is just you've lived past like beyond the expectations of any regular person, and your brain is starting to break down. Like it's it's, it's not... just organ failure of, yeah. of a different variety, basically. Yeah, a lot of these foundations that are predicated on that basis typically are just money laundering schemes. Yes, uh, I found the, the headline as well. Uh, two decades of Alzheimer's research was based on deliberate fraud by two scientists that cost billions of dollars and millions of lives. That's that's uh, that's what I'm coming into this topic thinking. Mm, okay. So with that, I, I, I wanted to ask the question... Um, Kind of when, if the last you know decade of cancer research and Alzheimer's research was for naught, um, has there been any progress in these two uh, major diseases and causes of death? In since 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 when? What 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 is the treatment today that after you know our, our modern society of AI and flying cars and smartphones that um we like how how are we treating? Uh, some of the leading causes of death and uh, you know i, I uh, uh the, the the title the title is the lead right there um the 1990s is where that peaked <laughs> all right perfect 60 years into pharma and that was the best we ever could do what what did your what did your bot boy tell you 
Um, yeah, so, so, um, d -d 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 I, I kind of went into what the, the leading, well, let's start with cancer. I, the main, or the most common forms of cancer are uh, breast, lung, and prostate, make up 40% of cases, and got into how you actually treat those uh, most commonly. Quick question. Um, so this is actually, uh, real yes. Real quick, is this based Dan the Man chat GPT, or is this cucked gpt that everybody's using nowadays this is josh's cia certified okay to use for intel personnel oh AI. AI. what bob said this is my uh a new best friend and co-worker chat gpt 3.5 okay perfect <laughs> totally reliable then <laughs> wait what uh, uh, okay so so the um, you go through those uh, uh, leading leading forms of cancer. How are they treated? Um, what uh, surgery, radiation therapy, chemotherapy, targeted therapy, immunotherapy, and it's pretty much the same for you know uh, look at lung cancer, breast cancer, leukemia, prostate cancer. Um, pretty much the exact same for all of those. Uh, and we're actually going to go a bit before the '90s then. So y you guys are aware of chemotherapy. When when do you think it was actually first used uh, in in widespread medicine in the U.S.? God, like the early like 1900s. 80s. Oh, really? That far back? I don't know much about yeah. chemo. Though. I don't know about like good uses of it, at least. But yeah, they were definitely using like radiation treatment back in like 1920s and stuff like that. And I don't think they even understood what it was doing or how it was affecting them. Was it just a matter uh, well, of fucking around and finding out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like we like, know um, this breaks down cells, so what if we just pointed at somebody that had too many? They had, they had like radioactive like tonics that you would just drink uh, for like no reason. They had like toothpaste, like radioactive toothpaste. They had like all these like little um, tinctures or whatever you you like to call them. Well, yeah, just you know, scam well, artists going around. Radiation causes therapy, obviously. It rever sorry, if radiation causes cancer. Obviously, it reverses it as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but for for chemotherapy drugs, uh, those. Um, started a cancer treatment. Uh, Bob was pretty much on point. Uh, 1909 was kind of when it was, disco when it was, when it was discovered, but 1940s and 50s were when it really became widespread. Um, and radiation therapy was around then as well. Uh, it, it was first used as, as a cancer treatment pretty much right after x-rays were discovered in 1895. I mean, then 1896 was uh, um, hmm. used, used as a treatment. So uh, kind of a while um then there was uh doo -doo -doo, what was the other thing i said oh surgery surgery you know, surgery 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 you got a got a scalpel from a thousand years ago uh, from not the ten thousand years ago <clears throat> but um there was doo -doo -doo, i i did do a little bit of digging as well for um additional oh what was that um that was it so there there are some additional forms of treatments uh immunotherapy um car t-cell therapy uh precision medicine is a kind of generic term um liquid biopsy but uh when, when i was asking about recent developments um doo -doo -doo, where, where's the where's the date where's the... <laughs> maybe you should ask chat gpt where your show notes are <laughs> <laughs> no, I have it right up here. I was just looking at a paragraph, uh, a paragraph too low. <laughs> oh God! Uh, but, I'm but effective... live. What what was I going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But but effectively, I, I was I was looking at um uh. So there there have been some treatments that have been developed in the last ten years, but they're by no means widespread or highly successful or, or being like. And most people for cancer as well are treated in kind of general hospitals. They're not. At specific uh, you know, research institutions where they can get access to um, developmental drugs and and treatments, uh, and then yeah, going through um, yeah, CAR T cell therapy uh, first developed in the 90s, um, liquid biopsy first developed in the early 2000s, immunotherapy uh, drug uh, drugs first uh, approved by the FDA in the mid 90s, um, uh, precision medicine wasn't ready until the early 2000s. So like those were the most recent developments, and those were the ones that are actually for, for example. Um, uh, in certain forms of cancer, so uh, for example, advanced melanoma, up to 50% of patients may be treated with immunotherapy. Immunotherapy. So, like these are actually used um, as opposed to more recent uh, treatment methods. But that—that's what I was finding is 
anything that's actually used in any widespread amount, uh, which is still a minority of cancer treatments, was from the 90s, early 2000s. And anything, like, the vast majority of treatments are from way before that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, just specifically cancer research. I, I can't think of any, like, major breakthrough the science or, like, the medical industry has had in any other one either. Right? Like, what have they cured? Well, yeah, I think the problem with cancer is that it's, like, a really pervasive problem. And you have to solve it in a way that doesn't fucking obliterate the rest of the body. From And this is just, like, a very basic overview. We've talked about on the show before that, like, the brain is a supercomputer and everything else is plumbing. And when things start to go wrong, it's pretty easy to fix, like, simple, like, problems here and there. But, like, cancer is just, like, it malfunctioning, like, beyond recognition. And it's, like, very difficult to stop. So it makes sense that they're constantly trying to have to innovate um, or re-innovate the wheel, basically, to solve this issue. Right. Am right. I far off base on that? or No. That's pretty spot on. No, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and the 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 traditional approaches the the old school approaches are you know there's not much you can do to iteratively improve on surgery to cut out a tumor you you kind of like that it's just that yeah you just do it with robots and make the cut smaller make it less invasive stuff like that so why is your your robo homo telling us that we haven't done anything better since the 90s what's so pristine about then compared to now like have we stagnated uh so i was looking at yeah i was trying to get an answer to this and it's kind of one one thing i was looking at at least was um the uh, actual legislation and the so there, there are kind of three major uh, pieces of legislation that would contribute to this. Originally, it was uh, Nixon in the 70s with the Comprehensive Cancer, uh, Comprehensive Cancer Act of 1971, and that um, created the National Cancer Institute and kind of got a, a bunch of funding specifically for cancer research. So 20 years later, 20, 30 years later is when all these treatments started coming out. Um, and then in the 90s and to early 2000s, you have Clinton with the uh, Food and Drug Administration Modernization Act, which um, reformed the drug approval process. So uh, effectively, some of these drugs could actually come out then. And then uh, W. Bush with the Medicare Prescription Act, or sorry, with the um, yeah Medicare Prescription Drug Improvement and Modernization Act, uh, which which again had to do with regulations for uh, um, to do for approving various drugs. So th- those were kind of. That's what I'm looking at is there were actually at the, at the time big legislative changes to make it possible to approve and get some of these treatments out in the market uh, as well as funding approximately 20 years earlier where you'd, you'd see the, the results of this then. Yeah, but those practices are still in place and yet, you know, like a, a, a big batch of good shit came out of it pretty much immediately. But then like what isn't done in the meantime, though, that's the problem. They they found all the solutions and there aren't there's no other possible things to discover. Bob, come on, that's how medicine right. works. Still, yeah, you still need a uh, chemical cocktail to become uh, unnoticeably HIV positive. Yeah, it's oh, it's like I can, there's so many ads for that. <laughs> like, beware of the fucking Chernobyl incident. That was the most deadly thing possible, and it's definitely still way too deadly for anyone to go there. Except for small woodland creatures like rabbits and deer, and that's that's all fine. Some, some of the healthiest dogs you'll find in the world there, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all fine. But radiation is definitely very, very scary and very necessary to irradiate your body to solve all these problems. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just like everything we've seen from cancer, from the um, what was the name of that other equipment that uh, Josh poo pooed? The the Rife machine. Yeah, yeah, the Royal Rife machine, which he then agreed with off the air conveniently. That and Brzezinski, the fucking, like, the, it's not an all, like, you don't have to just, like, eviscerate your body to get rid of it. And right. I would just imagine that in the 90s, what they really peaked in was, like, money-making opportunities. You know, you get people on, like, these long-term treatment plans and fucking interest the shit out of them. It's like, oh... People can't people can't afford houses and mortgages for thirty years, but they sure can, you know, you just uh, make you sick. Now you have cancer <laughs> forever. 
Even if it cures you, you still got to pay for it indefinitely. So, yeah, sure. Medicine. Oh, peaked in the 90s for sure. I don't I don't dispute that at all. Yeah, that, that's when people started getting like an uptick in uh, daily prescriptions that they had to take for the rest of their lives kind of situation like AIDS. A's, they turn that into the perfect opportunity to, to get you a pill popper for the rest of your life. Um, all these other oh, things. Yeah. yeah like, uh, yeah, that's, so. that's a very revealing quote fact from chat so, GPT. So the nineties was the turning point from medicine, a medical industry that was trying to, to cure us to a medical industry that was trying to sell us, uh, just, chemicals to take every day well like like duke mentioned for cancer specifically they figured out a treatment plan that will suck you dry financially for the rest of your life and they had that figured out so so one thing i was was curious about with this was um how many drugs are actually approved each year by the fda and it hasn't actually hasn't really changed um in the last few decades uh between 1990 and 2021 it varies between uh 20 and 50 or approximately between 20 and 50 but like it it it, you know ebbs and flows there's uh and there's no noticeable trend um over the years so i i think it actually is they figured it out in the 90s and figured out whether you mean it like you know how to cure it or the treatment plan that costs the most money and then they moved on to the next things like uh hiv and whatever else I'd be curious to know what has changed in terms of what they are approving. You know, maybe they have like a number that they're hitting every single year with like approvals, but as far as what they're approving it for, I'd be very curious to know the categorization of purpose for all the medicine they're approving year after year after year. Right. Well, they are currently switching a, uh, what was it? Diabetes medication into a diet pill. Uh, so that's yeah, your answer. Side stuff, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is that fucking insane. Yeah, that that those are their priorities right now because obesity is a huge, huge problem. Unironically, that's not a joke. But you know, popping a pill to solve that problem is is not the actual solution. That'll just well. Th- there's also the element that if it's prescribed for uh, weight loss as opposed to diabetes, it costs more. So Does don't, it? Don't forget that as well. Yeah, yeah, significantly more. <laughs> <laughs> like, you fat the, the, the market, the, uh, you fat the, the market, the, 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 the theoretical market or the market cap created by using semaglutide uh, off-label for uh, weight loss is, it's like a trillion dollars. It's something insane. I don't Jesus have a problem Christ. with that at all. <laughs> I, I have no problem with that system. That system is working as intended. <laughs> <laughs> bleed those fat asses dry i guess yeah i mean i may disagree with who the money's going to but i mean well baby steps you know we yeah. work out the kinks as we go <laughs> fuck around and find out for those fatties okay and yep. then a a quick follow-up with uh so so what I was focusing here on, yeah, what I, is what I saw articles on. So cancer and Alzheimer's, but it, they're also relevant because for a, um, for like over forty, cancer is just like the second leading cause of death for for everyone for the most part. And over age, I think it's like sixty or seventy, Alzheimer's is one of the leading causes of death. Um, so it, they're they're both like significant things that we would hope that there are constant improvements into. Uh, you know help save lives because the you know and for for cancer especially that's that's generally premature deaths alzheimer's people are old it's you know debatable but it's it's not a good death or quality of living leading up to it this this may be a retarded question but um because i don't know a lot about how it mechanically works but is alzheimer's killing anybody or is it just like removing capabilities of the person itself of their it removes the capability of them surviving basic uh, being able to survive by themselves okay it so. doesn't like shut the body down i don't think i'm, I'm not too well researched in it but like it it shuts the mind down so like it, there's just like this like a wandering husk of a person like they can chew food they can drink water but it's like they just don't uh you know 
consciously remember to do those things. Well, uh, right? one thing's for certain. Is I, that, I could be completely wrong. So, yeah, one thing's for certain is that it's at least a very lucrative project fighting Alzheimer's. Um, that and cancer, they they can make those forever battles. Uh, cancer, which is probably caused by shit we're doing to ourselves all the damn time, like with the fucking microplastics and microplastics, else. radiation. Yeah. Yeah. Electromagnetic waves that we put right next to our testicles every single day. <laughs> yeah. One way or another, they're going to get their money. Um, yeah. Which is very incredible to me that your chat GPT has told us that, but in uh, unconventional means. So thank you, Josh. It's everything you said <laughs> yep. was correct. I'll, I'll, I'll say for Alzheimer's too, the, the primary drugs used to treat that are, were proved in 96, 2000, 2001, and 2003. So that, that same same period. Well, uh, well I mean, it kind of, especially in Alzheimer's research, because what was it? The last 20 years of research are down the drain, like all fake. Like Yeah, I, I didn't look up how much... Um, money goes into alzheimer's research but if cancer so the the national cancer institute's budget um in 2021 was 6.4 billion and if they're citing billions of dollars uh down the drain for alzheimer's research which i would assume is less than cancer research funding um yeah that, that's going to be the vast majority of it for a, a a long period of time well clearly what needs to happen is those fuckers that are making human yeast they need to figure out how to reverse engineer that into like a functioning brain, you know, give those, give those guys something to do because what they're currently working on is just fucking bullshit. Like, Oh, we made human bread. Don't give the, don't give the Satanists any ideas, Duke. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> We're going to have pig human hybrids because of you. <laughs> All right. I won't give Satanists. I won't give Satanists too many ideas. Sorry, it gets a little, my brain gets a little cold down here and I start thinking dark thoughts. <laughs> Speaking of thinking dark thoughts, I think we should move on to the scientist discover. <laughs> you need to know what science discovered, you need to know today. Whether it's face or bones uncovered, it's definitely fake and gay. Scientists have discovered that a greater engagement with anti-masturbation groups links to higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicidal feelings. So, this is one of the weirdest articles that I've ever read in my life. When it <laughs> and it just completely reinforces my hatred for the psychology and psychiatrists and all, all that fucking bullshit so they wait, go wait, in wait well, let me let me dissect this title real quick uh yeah greater engagement with anti-masturbation groups um is this literally just saying uh if you go on reddit you're gonna want to kill yourself yeah yes i mean they're not <laughs> technically wrong anytime that i use reddit for any purpose whatsoever i feel a, i feel a great sense of ominous doom in my life <laughs> I do hate myself considerably more every time yeah, I go to that webpage. <laughs> okay, so but, is this fucking article just like saying they're... Okay, are they putting all these buzzwords in the title, but their real focus is to try to get you to be afraid of the idea of stopping masturbation, but they're focusing on the groups themselves to obfuscate that? Right, right. They they try to give like this guilt by association. Like they what they want to say is... What you shouldn't be abstaining from masturbation because it's bad for you. And it'll, you know, the, the implied thing here is that they're trying to say, if you, you need to masturbate because if you don't, you'll become depressed, you'll get anxious, and you'll want to kill yourself. Uh, but what they're actually saying is that hanging around an internet group talking about not masturbating will, will increase those things. So people who are more engaged with communities that push abstinence from masturbation tend to feel more suicidal after perceived relapse, according oh to new God. research uh, published also, in the it's, journal. It's a guilt thing. Published in the journal Sexualities. <laughs> How do I subscribe to this journal? 
Well, we should mention the fucking website of this is called SciPost.org, but both Bob and myself misread it as PsyOp.org. <laughs> it's, it's so close. It's just so close to it. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest group making these claims and selling treatments is called NoFab. I don't think they're selling treatments. Are they selling NoFab treatments? I have no idea. Or is it just like engage with these groups? Yeah. No one's <laughs> like no one's asking for money to give them like a, a treatment plan of not masturbating. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, these communities uh, offer various challenges and goals to help people track their progress of not masturbating anymore. <laughs> reboot oh my coaches. God. They call it uh, the regroup um, or reboot. Um, community so reboot coaches have long made claims of being able to cure erectile dysfunction pornography addiction and even suicide uh suicidal thoughts many qualitative studies suggested that these claims were not true but these had not been tested quantitatively yet so i don't think they also i don't think they make those um specifically like the erectile dysfunction they don't make those claims. We can fix like erectile dysfunction if you stop masturbating. Is that a thing? I've never heard of anything like that. I, I, I will know. tell you what I have heard is that this is a fucking fact that gets thrown around all the damn time where it's like men who jerk off three times a week are like 20% less likely to get testicular cancer. Or probably 33.3% less likely to <laughs> get cancer. No, I saw a stupid headline that was like five or six times uh, just this last week. Probably six. My bad. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, the amount of astroturfing that is like pro-masturbation is very gross, in my opinion. Like, and now hey. they're like shifting gears to focus on like, don't even engage with these groups whatsoever because you... You may be you may want to kill yourself. That's their lead in is that was the opening paragraph is that the first sentence people who are more engaged with these communities tend to feel suicidal if they ever relapse. It's like here. Well, if, we, we we got hard numbers on that subject right here. Participants oh. who tried to tried a reboot answered how many times uh, how many times they had relapsed. Those who had relapsed at least once were asked. Uh, to rate their emotional response to the most recent relapse out of the participants 28 almost 29 percent reported a feeling suicidal with 12 of them i think out of like a total of like 417 there we go um with a 12 of them feeling extremely suicidal the study found that uh, the more involved a participant was with the no fat forums the more suicidal they reported feeling after relapse (laughs) Oh my god, dude! Okay, what's the binary of like suicidal or normal? It's like the the premise is I feel bad when I did something I didn't when I did something bad or did something that I didn't want to do or right. that's like contrary to my my life goals or whatever. I didn't and, meet a goal um, that that I set for myself, and now I feel suicidal. Yeah, yeah I. But yeah, but why is the what's the jump to suicidal as opposed to uh, just any anything in between on the spectrum of uh, you know negative self defeating uh, whatever f- emotions? Have you noticed that? Okay, the what they're framing in this argument, um, and I looked over it here, um, and I I didn't see a mention of the word addiction in here other than one time when people were. Uh, quoting the reboot coaches the article itself does not associate it with addiction in of itself it just simply quotes uh reboot coaches are making claims of being able to cure pornography addiction but the article itself doesn't ever address the problem of pornography addiction and yet the crux of what these groups are for is to get you to curb your addiction and this whole article's framing is, oh, you shouldn't try to stop your addiction because if you ever mess up and you relapse, you'll want to kill yourself. It's like, so is anyone who's been addicted to anything. Anyone who's ever fallen off, like, the wagon or, like, shot up heroin once, sure, for a moment, they're, like, into it. But as soon as it's over, they're like, I want to fucking kill myself. I can't believe I fell back on it. That's just, like, a human trait. Like, yeah. what are you talking about, like, trying to, like, attribute it as in, like... You better not stop because you may put a shotgun in your mouth if you jerk off on accident one time. 
Duke, um, you you say you say they don't address this point, but uh, I I clicked on the journal article they linked, and in the abstract there at the top, um, uh, re regarding uh the pornography industry, they make sure to mention that uh participants reported that NoFap forums contained uh or thirty two percent of NoFap forums posts contained anti-Semitic content. No, well, are you serious? There's, there's oh, oh, hold on. It's so close to 33, though. <laughs> um, 32.0%. Can't even round up. That's I how know. you real science. That's, that's brutal. So it gets even better, though, because visitors to the NoFat forum reported seeing content that was often trolling, 88%, misogynistic, 73.7%, bullying, 49%, and anti-LGBT, 42.9%, or anti-Semitic, 32%. Additionally, a significant number of the participants reported being told to harm or kill themselves, 23.5%, witnessing threats to hurt, to hurt others, 21.1%, and witnessing doxing Wait. of others, 17% on the forums. So... So when I shared a, a gay comic book channel or panel in chat today and my Italian friend told me to KYS, um, get, do I have to like report him to, was I supposed to kill myself now? Is that Report real, him real, to uh, psyop.org, Josh. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know that the guy who wrote that study, like his boss is chewing him out for not hitting that 33% mark. He's like, what are you doing? We have a predictive programming metric to meet, and you you fucking drop the ball here. You're one off. Just just add the one. He's like, no, sir, that's not the correlation. I I do love that um that they reported the stats on the content that they're seeing there, and I like the overlap on some of them, like the implication that like there are posts that hit all these points at one time. I don't know. I, I find that I find that bizarrely heartwarming in a in a cold way. This is there's just analyzing what like a typical internet group is. Like this is like every internet group. Like what what's going on here? Like getting told to kill yourself is a is a is a normal and healthy thing on the internet. Actually, Bob, I think you're actually you're a hundred percent right. This is like a microcosm of all internet like yeah. board posts yeah. like shit posters like these are just the number one posters. yeah the number one is trolling number two yeah it's it's women and number three general <laughs> general bullying. bullying like it could be anybody and then yeah. more specifically after that it's the gays and then if you're brave it's anti-semitism and then it goes to <laughs> which i actually found the this one killing themselves yeah, yeah the killing themselves one that's like that was surprising that that was as low on the list as like compared to some of the others. So actually, uh, I would say this is completely inaccurate. Killing themselves would be way higher in a regular image image board. So what was it? I, I love this. We were very surprised at the volume of homicidal content uh, with about one in five visitors uh, to NoFap reporting viewing threats to harm or kill someone. Uh, there is simply no place for such violent statements in a support group. We ultimately submitted a second paper uh, just focused on trying to understand why this group appeared to be so violent. And in parentheses, so under review. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Bob's outdone my bit. He's he's done a, a topic entirely researched by ChatGPT because no one who's not a fucking robot would uh, see an internet forum and have that uh, just... Uh, literalistic takeaway of what's going on there in a regular human social interactions oh yeah this is like this is like psychotic level of like statistical analyzing just to make a point and this is it, if it you want like... my good if you want my honest opinion on it i mean if you do struggle with this problem you should you should not fucking engage with these people like on the internet. You need like someone in your real life to be engaging with. Like you need to like talk to like a religious counselor or your pastor, or if you have a mentor, you can talk to some real friends. It's easy to go on the internet because it's not anybody you could feel shame for divulging this information to. And but sure, you need to feel that shame. That's the, that's like the most important yeah, you should feel shame for this because this is like a shameful behavior that you're engaging in. And 
in a weird way, I do agree with the idea of like these groups aren't a solution, but the the way that they're addressing them being a problem is hilarious, and also because of the implication they're making on the sidebar. They're they're, they're not saying the quiet part, but the quiet part is you should continue to log on to Pornhub. Is basically what this is <laughs> linking to. Now, Duke, Duke, you're making a great point and all, but um, unfortunately, your your advice wasn't super helpful uh for people who are atheists and have bad relationships with their dads um can you try listing a couple other people they can like reach out to for help uh oh. well kill yourself guys. <laughs> <laughs> my rebuttal to that is if you do not have a universal standard uh you need to figure out what it is because everyone has one whether or not they realize it they got it somewhere within themselves so fucking... it's, it's called a one to ten scale and that's how i rate women that's a universal standard or standard right <laughs> <laughs> that's true you're hitting that 73.7 percent real hard there <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how they they go on they say researchers believe based on their work that greater engagement in the reboot communities result in greater anxiety and other negative outcomes. However, they cannot rule out the possibility that those with more mental health symptoms are more likely to seek out these communities. Right. The, these, these people who are addicted to Pornhub, they may or may not have greater mental health issues than people who do not have an addiction to Pornhub. Yeah, oh. no, Bob. That came that came after that came after the part of the sentence where they're saying that engaging with communities is bad, and we should stop engaging with communities in general. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, it, let's be clear. Like, if you do have this problem, and your your main goal to solve the problem is to go on the internet to talk to other people, like over text, to solve this problem. Yeah, right. you do have mental problems. Like they're not yeah. wrong. You have mental <laughs> problems. You need you need to look another person in the eyes and talk about your sin, your your addiction, yeah. and get it out there because it's it, that's probably why these people feel so like horrific about their relapses, which is very likely going to happen in these communities. Um, I I do on a tangent of the the problem of degeneracy though it's so funny in an age where we're talking about like the grooming and whatnot and in this article they specifically make a whiny point you have it highlighted in your uh, second to last paragraph here these groups are specifically recruiting youth and do not seek parental consent if you have a child (laughs) who might be worried about their sexuality no one's talking about that as most are be be sure they know not to post about their personal sexual sexuality to strangers on the internet as it can lead to sexual coercion and other serious boundary violations great yeah unless it's discord I'm I'm sure the author of this article would suggest that you go, go talk to your uh, fifth grade teacher. Do that. <laughs> go, t- oh, God. go talk hey, to hey, the. Um, the- <clears throat> go ahead. So, I I went on ChatGPT and asked it how to get over a a, a masturbation and porn addiction. Um, uh, of course, <laughs> it had you know. <laughs> So some pretty, pretty pretty standard advice, and uh, uh, you know, number five, seek support from a family's friends support group. Um, but then I asked, you know, what if I don't have any friends or I don't get along with my family? Uh, what should I do then? Um, number one, online support groups. There are many online communities and support groups where you can connect <laughs> with others who are going through similar challenges. Chat no. Social media forums or specialized websites. <laughs> he did his dirty chat. <laughs> well, you know. I don't know what to wow. say about that. They were right about medicine, so they must be right about this. I guess we're the fucking idiots. Well, yep. I think Bill Clinton cured cancer. I think the Duke has like the best point though. Like you have an online porn addiction. Well, okay, get offline. Like it, you don't have to have a pasture, but literally, like you you sit at a computer all day doing playing video games, talking on Discord, and then you're fapping. Like just get off of the computer. That's that's the crux of your whole issue. You're not exercising. You're sitting in a dark room and you're not getting anything done being un- unproductive. 
and you're probably eating terribly. You're probably doing all these other things that will bring down your mood, bring down like your self-respect, like all of these things, which lead to anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. Like just get off the fucking, that's the solution. Get off the fucking internet, the computer, everything. Smartphones, like disconnect. That's the solution. Like what the, don't just sit there in a different, in the same position, in the same seat where you, you fucking have your porn addiction, like go somewhere else. For sure. So, yeah. so I'm gonna. I need to go to Google.com and Google um, things to do away from my computer. <laughs> S ChatGPT. <laughs> well, what it recommends. But what are some and, good uh, activities out uh, away from the computer and offline? Yeah, and if if somehow any of our listeners do struggle with the porn addiction, do not call the okay homo voicemail. Do not tell us about it. We don't want to hear about it. We're not interested. I mean, we want you to get better, but I legitimately think like Bob said, it does. You don't need to go straight to a pastor. Although to be honest, I think that would be the easiest option because he doesn't like, he's not your friend. Like he's here to help you. But if you just talk to a person at all, it, you you feel so much better afterwards and it will be way easier confronting your issues that you do have with the knowledge that someone out there is at least aware of it um and i mean if if you're some sort of fucking weirdo introvert who only your your only human interaction is this podcast sure try nofap I hope you don't kill yourself. <laughs> Best of luck. To you. <laughs> well, hey, hey, the the Duke, the Duke of Ice is a special guest and does not speak for um, the uh, official two hosts of Okay Homo. Um, I'd like to say the official statement of Okay Homo is uh, you don't need to call into the voicemail because we have the same advice for everyone, which is kill yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Banger, you Josh. know what, Bob? We... We need a Chad version of that laugh whenever he says something very based. We need a right, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, like a really burly strong man. Just oh. dude, let's get our uh, let's get our the Jews friend to to come up with something. We should. Oh, yeah. there we go. Yeah, I'm feeling more like one of those anime, like really cheesy, like '90s anime dub laugh, like. Uh, 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 like one, there one has of those. to be something golden boy let's 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 find it yeah oh that i don't know why bob but that that moment made me think just now that the deranged josh laugh is basically the final fantasy 10 titus laugh where he's like that one that's such a good moment that's the one i was thinking of and i couldn't I remember what it was <laughs> all right we have derailed completely now i think we should wrap it up do we have any voicemails we do not but lest we remind our listeners the voicemail number is back up and running uh our former co-host aaron got it running again (laughs) damn it i didn't mean to bring him up Uh, but yeah it's running we don't have any uh voicemails this week well, uh, since since you brought him up, I mean, don't we have a message from him to play? Yes, here is our heartfelt message with uh, our former co-host Aaron. I am gay, and I love chugga chugging on train cock. Hey, 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 hey. But just kidding. Sorry, I can't be there, boys. Oh well, he did his best to sound normal, but he still sounded <laughs> a little weird there. <laughs> the train yard message she's chugga chugging on train cock this you know it's yeah. not normal when doing that that's true yeah i'm retarded i should have picked up on that <laughs> <laughs> well <sighs> as always thanks for uh thanks for coming on the show duke of ice and hopefully we'll see you again soon confederate with us <laughs> kill yourself <laughs> see you next week <laughs> Whatever, fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat. You've got mail. What the fuck? Don't tell me you don't like my show.